I was looking for employment and when someone told me just come I'll give you whatever position you want as long as you give me favors back Hi what's up guys welcome to another episode of Coffee Construct your go to podcast for tips to achieve success in the Kenyan construction industry your host for today is Brenda and in session with me today is a lovely lady by the name Catherine Waidika she's a project manager and also a mother of one so she's joining us today um for a very interesting topic um we want to tackle today the issue of gender so basically for my last show I, i'm really interested to figure out how women in the construction industry are navigating um life and specifically life on site so i'm an urban planner and i was mostly in the office and sometimes i would go to the field but today katrin will take us through life in on on site she does both office and also um on site so i'll let her quickly or not quickly because we are in conversation for a while uh, just please give us an introduction of yourself katrin let us know what you studied um where you've been working in terms of like um not really the names but just like what type of work have you been doing all the way up to up to now i am project manager by profession i have been working in the construction industry since i left university which was in 2014 i have been involved in many uh, construction projects to include the normal building of uh of, of uh, apartments and office complexes uh, as well as the interior fit out so at the moment i do interior fit out i am a project manager in the interior fit out sector of construction and uh yeah i have enjoyed myself mm-hmm. so would you maybe give us an idea of what types of professionals you deal with on a day to day basis because as a project manager you're like at the core and you have to make sure everyone comes together what types of people do you have to deal with so i have to deal with you know the normal fundi uh, painters tailors uh, ceiling person gypsum ceiling but over and above that you have to deal with a mechanical a person or a mechanical engineer you have to do with the electrical person you have to do you have to coordinate the plumber you have to coordinate the access control you have to coordinate a uh, cctv because all those are ingrained in an office space for example so you will need the air conditioning you need uh, the access control you need you need all those people so you have to coordinate all of them to make sure they come in at the right time they deliver up to a certain point for the other person to be able to come in so it does take a lot of coordination and uh, and you have to also be very keen in that so those are the most of the people that I interact with mm-hmm. that sounds good so would you say now coming to our topic no listeners you know that the construction industry historically has been pretty male dominated and this probably is by the fact that um i don't want to say that's the the truth but like uh, it's physically intense like the fundies are usually male most contractors are male in the past they used to be and i want to get your idea of 
what is it currently? Is it still male-dominated, um, a male-dominated industry generally? I think the condition has improved with time. Uh, previously, I think it was a male-dominated uh, industry, but uh, in the recent years, I think women have been able to join the profession. At least now you don't end up on a site alone. Um, we also are trying to, especially on site, to make sure we at least employ women to, to help even as you know, semi-skilled workers, skilled workers, and skilled workers to make sure you will see women on site. So previously you would walk into a site and you're all alone. And I think maybe there are still people who walk on site and they are, they are all alone as women and you feel like you're intimidated. But I think within the recent years with the education and the awareness that people are raising, especially in such a podcast and you know, other YouTube channels, I think people have been able to embrace the idea of construction and joining the profession. So I think the condition is improving, but we also still have a lot of work and a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And um, what types of work would you say that women typically do on a site? Like if, you, if I go into a site right now, what will I find a woman doing? I don't want to say giving people tea, like I'm hoping for more. Okay, so I think uh, previously I've worked with an electrical engineer who was a woman on site. Actually, she was based on site. So I was expecting her to do the normal electrical work, chasing, conducting. Uh, you also, you see site managers uh, who are women. You see uh, health and safety officers on site as women. You also see project managers. Uh, you see architects coming as women. So uh, on a site, um, you will see it's it rarely you will see that there are many women, but at least you will see one at least in one profession or the other. So which which you know you you feel like there's there are other people coming in as as women in the different professions. So all all um, all professions or all trades uh, are getting women join. So it, it's becoming better with by the day. That's, that's, that's good to know. So like, um, it's good that now we have engineers, we have architects, even our podcast, we have now architects who are women. So now it's, it's good to see that the um, situation is changing. So how would you describe your experience so far? Because you've said you've worked in university. So when I was starting out, of course, you, you have no uh, experience being on site and they tell you like, half of what you learn in class is, is what you use on site. Everything else is something you'll have to learn by experience. So as you start off, of course, you have to keep asking questions. You have to, uh, you have to learn from even the, the tradespeople, the fundies themselves. Uh, you still learn even today. It's not that the learning has stopped, uh, but the experience has improved. I would say for me, it has, it improves with with ears, uh, because uh, the more you work on site, the more you start articulating what you are uh, very sure about, what you know is, is the right way to do it. Uh, so as you start off also, there's that people start don't, you know, you, you give instruction and people just look at you. But with time, as you articulate what you know, you know, when people 
people see that you understand the construction process, you understand uh, what they are doing and, and you can actually question uh, their decisions on site, then they, they experience, you know, it, it, they start respecting you. It becomes easier for you to walk into a site and say, I don't like this, please change that, please do this. So also I think years of experience and patience to, uh, to be able to learn is important. And also as, as you continue, you realize that uh, every day is these people are not, the men are not, we are all in this together. So you also learn to talk together, interact with them. You, you, uh, you gain the experience of dealing with conflicts on site. So it becomes years of experience and patience is, is key. It's key when you're working on sites. Yeah. Yeah, because you so you mentioned respect, which is one of the things I really wanted to touch on. Like you you can just walk onto a site. I think I've heard before stories from people where um you tell someone to do something is a man and probably older than you, let's say is a fundi. And he'll just look at you like, um, but if it was said from a male colleague, then that quickly becomes, you know, done. So I'm wondering, like, how this gaining respect you said, you have to show that you know what you're doing. Would you say that as a woman, it takes a lot more effort to be respected on site, um, like for people to start doing? Like, if you come to a site right now and you say, they do it immediately. How long would you say that takes? Or is this days, is it easier at least to just give direction and people follow it? I think I think men tend to listen to men. So when you start giving instruction as a woman, then it's it becomes a problem. But uh, you have to be, I don't know, I don't want to say tough, but you have to be sure and because you know. It's, it's not, you're not guessing what you know. You know, and you know that uh, something is possibly, let's say supposed to be done the way it's supposed to be done. So it's for you to make sure you deliver, that you say, uh, I don't like this. Uh, so I would, I would wish that you rectify it. Sometimes I would say, you ask the number of years it, it takes for, for someone to be able to, to walk into a site and, and tell someone and they, they, they just look at you. But you have to, 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 have, uh, to speak with authority because you, you are the head and you are the project manager and you are the one to deliver a project to a client and you are obligated to deliver quality. So it's, it's upon you to, you know, to keep saying it, to make sure it's done. And if tomorrow it's not done, you make sure you take whatever steps you need make sure that that work is done the right way and the correct way so it i would i wouldn't say it takes this number of years or this number of uh, this much experience but uh, you you have to speak to its authority you have to stand by what you know is the truth and the right way to do things and yeah people just will will just respect you for that mm -hmm. i like that Especially when you say, if you understand your content and you speak it with authority, mm. like people will will listen. Have you had yeah. to ever like um, rely on any of your colleagues to assert that authority in the like when you're starting out? 
Unfortunately, I've always found myself alone working on sites mm -hmm. uh, because the other person is possibly a QS, the other person is possibly, uh, so you wouldn't, the mode of delivery for them, they, they are not understanding what is it that you're delivering. So I think for me, um, I think I've just had to learn uh, if it, it's a problem that uh, need to be solved, you make sure you're there, even with that fundi, you speak it out, you try, you sort it out, you come up with a solution, and they, they entrust in you to be able to come up with a solution of what is it that we can do here to solve our problem or to finish this, this part of a project. So you also have to be a great problem solver so that you also are able to communicate effectively what you require. Because I can, I, I, as I said, it's a learning process because you might have an idea in mind, but you come to site and that idea does not work. So uh, I have had, you know, you sit down, even if the communication, the way you communicated yesterday, you did not deliver the message, you try another mode of communication today, uh, so that you are able to give instruction or so that you are able to achieve the results that you expected. That also means that you can also dialogue with the person okay. and understand what is the issue? Why is it not being done the way I want it to be done? And then they will explain to you, okay, this and this exactly. So you dialogue, you come up with a solution. So I, I don't think I have had to rely on people. I think I have, I have always had to find myself alone as a project manager. So mm. I think I just developed uh, developed several ways of mode of communication to, to that person to deliver the message that I need to deliver to them. Yeah, I think that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Like if you speak it one way and it doesn't make sense to people, then you change your mode of delivery and see if, if, if that works. It's a learning process, like, um, yeah. like you've mentioned. You know, one thing people it's not said uh, by everyone but like if a woman speaks with authority you'll be called the b-word but if it's a man it's you're a boss do you mm -hmm. think that's something that even if it's not said uh mm -hmm. people's faces would show it or people's faces and then also another thing is like if a man comes with um let's say an, a suit or anything he is already showing his authority and his presence uh, but like on site obviously you can't come around wearing heels and you know what people yeah, it's true, it's true. So, yeah so like uh do you think that that people show in the background they're just looking at you like why are you speaking to us like this okay it's it's not always that you're on site and you have to always uh let's say speak with authority because sometimes you you develop rapport so people don't see you as this person that's always giving us orders and telling us what to do what uh, but as a person who can have a normal conversation with a fundi as how how was your day or you try to as much as sometimes you need to speak with authorities sometimes you also need to just come in understand this is also a person um, understand that they, you know, people have bad days as well, just the same way that we have bad days. So it's sometimes it's also uh, it's also about having a rapport, having a, a normal conversation with a person. You find a fundi uh, building stones, and you ask, "How was your day? Are your children? Or how are you going to get home?" 
What do you see about this weather? What do you see about this traffic? Um, uh, what do you see about the government increasing the price of flour? So within that, then you are able to um, to also ease into a conversation of, mm. I would expect you to be delivering maybe a certain outcome. So you're able to ease into a conversation of how is the building process or, you know, and, and you leave them. As long as they're, they're doing what they're expected to do, it's not always the time that you're giving instructions. Sometimes it's also just coming into sight, seeing the progress, talking to people like they are normal people, uh, you know, understanding that they also maybe have to hard times in, at work. So just mm -hmm. having a conversation with them and not it's not always about you know, being there and being an, an authority, but also as a normal human being, understanding that they're also in, at workplace as well. So using into a conversation that, uh, so it, it prevents them from feeling like you, you are this person who always coming, uh, who is the head and always giving us instruction. This person who uh, comes to site, we can problem solve, we can, yeah, but when you need to be in authority, then you're in authority, giving instructions and e explaining your expectation. So I think that's mm -hmm. how um, that's how uh, mm -hmm. people are able to not see you as I would say the B word as you said. Yes. Yeah. So basically, I like that you create your rapport with your your team basically. So you're not just like. Yes. of uh, powering of, of always giving instructions authority you're working yeah. as a team uh, basically yeah, I think that makes it easier. Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so so like uh, what challenges would you say um that you as a woman you've encountered uh, in your line of work oh, the challenges has, have been many um so one of the challenges is as as we talked about, or as, as we were talking, we realized this, the intimidation that you receive from, uh, from, from the male or from men on site, that is one of the, one of the problem that, actually that is one of the biggest problem that you'll have. Uh, the second one is um, maybe sometimes, sometimes you, you are asking for advice from even, even one of them is navigating through the process of giving instructions on site and also, you know, um, explaining certain expectations to, to a team. Also, that is, is a challenge on its own. Uh, also, the thing that you say, we say that is, is learning by experience. What if you have not reached that level of experience? You feel like you're inadequate to walk into a site and, you know, run as run actually run a site and deliver as you are supposed to. And also, there is a challenges of, um, what do you say? The what is expected of you, giving you pressure, you know. And as we say, construction projects the timelines are always a problem in our sector. So you find yourself a week to, to the handover and some things have not been done and you're trying to push everyone to be able to deliver because you need to close on site. You need to close the site or hand over the, the project in a week. So you, you are under pressure to deliver, but they are not, they are not coming through. 
it's a it's a big challenge by the way you also maybe even lack support from the people you report to or your bosses you expect that um your boss will understand why you are ordering materials at this but it takes a week for you to get those materials so it means your timelines are delayed so you lack that support and you feel like now I'm, I'm all alone in this what do i do so it's some of those some of those are the challenges that as a woman you experience on site and some people don't understand why you're pushing them as a woman so it becomes sort of a big challenge like especially for contractors i'm curious or even the people uh, you're buying the materials from like when you push them um is it any different as a woman or as a man like you said that pushing people and they're just wondering like why is this woman pushing me around mm. yeah so it's it's a challenge even to the contractor you calling them you doing emails you're telling them please make sure the work is done but also i i find that having to as a woman it's you can't sleep on your job you have to always be on if the timelines are dragging behind it's you to take it up upon yourself if it's a it's a supply you're supposed to be doing you take it up upon yourself to make sure things are getting done so it also requires an extra effort as a woman because it's it's hard to be able to explain yourself to to someone or to a client why the project was not delivered they may understand but you feel the extra pressure as a woman to be able to do this the right way otherwise what a sema ni mama tu that's why she's just a woman that's why she not deliver but now now you you have to put the extra effort as a woman to be able to deliver a project so or to be able to make sure everything is running as it's supposed to be so it has to be you have to take it upon yourself to keep to keep uh, running with issues yeah. yeah i agree especially like always having to prove yourself so that they don't say just because exactly. you're, a, you're a woman they're cutting you yeah yeah and i know you've already mentioned ways that you had to deal with that like experience is one of the ways you learn to deal with mm-hmm. such issues you've said like speaking with authority and knowing what you do so that people can respect you as well is there any other way you can let um people who or ladies who want to join the construction industry how they can feel let's say confident enough to join this industry uh you have to believe in yourself that you actually are cut out to do this then number two i have found out that one of the things you always be going to be doing on site is problem solving so you, you have to become you by default you become a problem solver entering into site and looking at what is not going right and trying to find find solutions for them for you to, to be able to run your site efficiently the other one is you have to articulate what you know it has to come out of you um because the expectation people have of you especially in a project are high so you have to what is it that you know what can we be able to do to be able to deliver this faster you also you also have to uh, keep learning and i don't mean by by walking into site and learning read uh, things on the internet you uh, you watch 
uh, videos, understand how things are done better uh, or efficiently. So it's, you have to take it upon yourself to educate yourself of changing technologies or efficient uh, ways to work on site on a certain issue. You, so you also have to, to do that. The other thing is you have to be very organized to be able to deliver a project. Everything falls when it's supposed to fall. If a plumber needs to be coming in tomorrow or next week, you need to start thinking, okay, what do we need to do by the time he gets here that he is able to work and it's not, not just sitting down. You have to be very good at communicating your expectations to different people, contractors, uh, suppliers, bundes on site, you know, communicating to your clients and managing their expectation, telling them, I would love to give you this, but this is not possible because of one, two, three. What else would you like us to do? So as a, a project manager or as a person working in the construction industry, you have to be a very, very good uh, communicator. So I think those are some of the things you have to work on as a, an individual to be able to work in the construction industry. Those are key things that you, you will need to be able to, uh, to be on a site, to be able to deliver a project. So I think there are many, many, many other more, but I find those very important uh, for you to even asking questions. You have to be able to ask questions. You have to be able to say, I don't know. What is it that we can do? Uh, accepting that you, you, you also are uh, in a learning process. So all those things are important. Good, good. That sounds good. I like those, um, you know, things people need to figure out before coming into the industry. So like, uh, as I was asking about the challenges, I think another one I would like us to get into is uh, obviously like sexual harassment in the workplace. So, you know, even when you watch those movies for construction, you always see that the construction workers are whistling at women, uh, making some comments at women, and you know, you being in the in the industry, you being on site, like um, what has been not even your experience only, but generally, what what is your thought about sexual harassment at work in the construction industry? I think sexual harassment at in the workplace, um, especially in the construction industry, is a real thing. It's it's something you have to you deal with actually and. Uh, I have been sexually harassed before. Actually, I was not even employed. I was looking for employment and, and someone told me, just come, I'll give you whatever position you want, as long as you give me favors back. Mm -hmm. So I think and sexual harassment, in, it does not only come physically. The, the verbal um, people just, telling you, asking you out all the time. It happens as a, a woman in the, in, the, in the construction industry. Uh, most of the time you, you will hear a fundi telling you, where eh, are you married? Are you planning to, you know, you will hear these comments, even, even them talking among themselves and, and maybe saying how you are young you are. So it's, it's a thing that that is in the construction industry. It's some, that's why I think I said, or as we were talking before, we said you have to develop a very thick skin when you're in the construction industry to be able to tell that person 
I don't think that's the right question, uh, or I, I don't understand how is that is related to the job that you're doing. So it's it's something you encounter many times, but you also try to make sure that you do whatever you can to make sure you, you're safe and your working condition, you're not feeling like you're threatened to be working in such an environment. So you have to declare your stand that I am a woman, but anything else that uh, relates to my sexuality is not important in this setting. Yeah. So uh, especially what the people always asking you, let's go out on a date. And it could be the same person over and over again. I'm wondering like how um, it's done these days um, on site. Like um, when you come in, is there like a conversation about sexual harassment? I know these days workplaces, when you get into a workplace, they have like a whole sexual harassment thing um, or like um, they take you through sexual harassment course, a short one. But like when you're yeah. dealing on site, people come in and people go. So sometimes you don't even have the same number, uh, the same group of people you work with all the time. You're working with contractors. Right. It's so hard to control how people behave on your project, for example. How have you been? dealing with it, aside from just telling people, you know, stop saying that, are there policies in place by your firm or organization? Uh, is there a way your bosses help you in this regard? Like, um, how, how do you deal with it other than you just having to say no? Companies that I've worked with or that I'm working with do have a sexual harassment policy in place, um, articulating uh, very well what sexual harassment is and what types are they are and exactly how do you go about lodging a complaint should you be sexually harassed in the workplace. However, um, com other companies do not have these policies in, into place, uh, especially maybe if, if you have less people um, in that company. So there may not be a sexual harassment policy. But in a site, I think there are toolbox meetings which uh, we hold regularly, where you talk about um, basically what are the risks involved in a project. So it's one of the areas you can try to put in the, um, the talk of sexual harassment. I also recently did introduce uh, cases of depression and all that. To those meetings also, it's a high time you try to express um, or really educate people on what uh, sexual harassment is and what involves, so that you you avoid having all these cases recurring into your uh, into your specific site. So since you have different trades coming in, uh, possibly you have a painter from next week, you have a plumber this week. So we try to do toolbox meetings maybe once in a week or twice in a week, depending on the project. And then you, at that point, you're able to educate people, especially if you have women on site. Sometimes you find you are the only woman on site. So it's just you to communicate what is it that your expectation is. But as, as you continue having a growing number of women, then you start communicating. I would like you to respect this person uh, because they have come here to work as you are. So I don't expect to hear cases of one, two, three. So it's something you can tackle in those toolbox meetings um, with your workers. Um, and then now since you're the project leader, cases of women, let's say, experiencing sexual harassment would be going through you or would they have to 
lodge a complaint with your office or they can just come to you directly. I haven't had a case where a woman has complained, but yes, they would have to come through me. Then from there, I'll have to pick it up with my supervisor or my senior, then so that we are able to lodge that complaint uh, uh, for that person. And also understand exactly what transpired, what, uh, you know, understand the whole situation. For cases that you've experienced, let's say your co-workers or anyone you know of yourself, for example, like um and you're the project manager so you'd have to tell your boss or can you just action for example by firing them or suspending them like what are the actions that are taken i think one of the actions is you can suspend that person because then the person who was who was the victim or victimized would not feel uh, safe maybe even continuing with the work but they are not the one that were in the wrong. So you possibly, based on, um, based on, uh, I would say intensity. I think at some point maybe this person or this this uh, people on site don't know that even talking to a person like that is sexual harassment. You might have to actually educate them and tell them what sexual harassment against that person is. So sometimes is educating them giving warnings where you need to, if, if, if the issue escalates, then you might have to let go, let the person go so that you, you get another person to do the work. But sometimes these people don't know what even sexual harassment until they just think maybe it's the physical, the physical one. So it's you mm -hmm. to educate them and tell them even this verb, uh, verbal communication. So yeah. giving warnings, educating, then at most, of course, you will have to suspend them or fire them from site. Then you, have, you definitely have to take whatever action you need to. Yeah, I agree, definitely. You know, sometimes somebody will say something or do something. And then when you tell them, uh, um, because you're offended, they're like, why are you offended? They, they always think it's a physical kind of thing. Um, and the verbal is just let like go. So I like the, the education part. So even this policy, it's for, for example, it's you as a project manager to implement, right? Like your sexual harassment policy at work, it's upon you to implement. Would you say that, um, it's, I know nobody has complained to you, but generally would you say that these policies are actually being actioned or it's just something that's on paper? Um, I think they are being actioned. And also, I think it's also, there is a stigma against maybe someone who comes forth to say I was sexually harassed because either because they, they, they will be shamed for it or they will be victimized for it or even because that is the only definition they will be for them. If, that, if someone asked about you, they, they are told it's that lady that complained, you know. I think it's, it's the stigma or maybe the shame that comes with it that makes people not complain uh, or lodge complaints about I was sexually harassed. But yes, the policies are there. Uh, the Employment Act, I think of 2007 says, if a company has more than 20 people, uh, it should have an, a sexual harassment policy uh, and having all those details, as I said before. So I think the, the policies are there, but it's us women who, who are not coming forth to complain when these things happen to us because of the reasons that I have mentioned before. And it's upon us to also 
um, make sure we create safe spaces uh, for women to be able to, uh, to complain about such issues and make them feel safe uh, without shaming them for what, what they have been they have been through. Yeah, mm. so I think the policies are there, but we also need to provide safe spaces for that. Yes, exactly. The safe spaces are, are very, very important. But it's a good yeah. start actually generally to have these policies. I'm glad to hear that the places we've worked, there are the policies and also where I work, the policies have been there and people are trying to create awareness. People actually are trying to understand better and better. And working, if yeah. you're an only woman and you're working with so many men, it can be hard to, to find a safe place, like a space to yeah. talk. But also uh, another thing about being a woman that I can say for me, for example, I was telling you earlier that I've worked in a place where only two women and everyone else uh, was a man. So like um, our boss would be scared, for example, for if one of us like um, would get pregnant, for example, that means we are gone for three months. And then now who handles yes. our work? So I'm imagining with yours is a lot harder because project management is like every day you have to be there physically or even just present mentally with the scheduling. So like, uh, and you've mentioned that you've only been the one, you're mostly the one on site alone. If you were to go on maternity, for example, how do you think um, employers are dealing with, uh, with this? Um, I told you like for us, they don't hire women for that part, for example. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, if you were to leave right now, what would happen to your work and how are employers like telling you this in quotes? I was told directly, but is this implied that having a woman in construction industry mm. is like limiting the company? Mm. I understand where you're coming from. So I think, fortunately, I think the company that I've been able to work for as either, I am the only woman project manager, but there are other, you know, project managers who are men. So it's, it's a group, it's a team of, uh, it's a project team. So probably if I would have to leave, I would have to leave my work with my colleagues. Fortunately, um, our boss ensure that at least we are involved in each other's projects um, one, one way or another. So that even if one person has to go and leave, for example, not even uh, maternity leave, just the normal leave days that you take, you, it, it does not mean that your, your site stops operating your, your site has to continue operating so you also are able to um, they have created a, a way that you're able to pass on your work to your colleague to manage to continue managing your project but as you mentioned before um, I think there are companies that they, they don't hire women for that cause they feel like they feel the time will go for maternity leave who are you going to be leaving this work with? And possibly you are maybe two or three managing 10, 10 skill project. So there is that part that uh, there is no fairness, but I, I think it's upon uh, the employer to make sure that if that person is, for example, that lady is to go and leave or um, to, to be able to take a maternity, if that the, that work will, will continue, that his her site will be still in operation by having maybe an, a, another project manager come in to be able to take the work. So I think I have been fortunate enough to have that for myself. 
but I would urge other employers to also keep adopting the same process because it ensures that we as women, we are not limited to doing what we need to do with our lives. And also we are able to also give our outcome at the workplace. I like that principle whereby like, um, instead of having just one person manage one thing entirely, mm-hmm. you, you make sure that everyone is involved or knows something about the project such that if yeah. somebody has to leave, right? Yeah, like right now, I'm actually also in the um, project, um, like project management in quotes like um, research. So in our project or in my project, there's always somebody who understands the project fully such that when you leave, they'll take it over. Or you can, um, I don't know why this is a problem for employers because you can also get somebody on board and then onboard them before you, you leave. Because it's, it's not like you'll just leave like instant like that. Uh, it is a plan to it. So you can always let somebody know and it becomes, um, they can take over. So for me, finding, being told that about like um, the limitation for women, I was just like, there are so many other ways that you can deal with mm-hmm. this. I don't yeah. have to be there. So even a man, for example, if something was to happen to them, they'd have, let's say they have to, unfortunately, if, for example, they have to go on compassionate leave, somebody mm-hmm. still has to stay, for example. And then even now there's paternity leave these days. So even mm-hmm. then they'd have to leave. But anyway, I think it's, it's a good lesson for employers to think outside the box, not just like uh, do things the way it's been done since time in memorial. Yes. Okay, so like um, as we are trying to wrap it up, I wanted to ask you like, um, what would you change? Like, you you came into the construction world, would you have changed that decision? And like, what advice would you give to maybe fellow ladies? I think you've already mentioned what they should think about before they join the construction industry. But if any tips you have for fellow women who want to join the industry and are, of course, maybe cared for these little things here and there. These things you can manage, by the way, women. <laughs> these things are not a problem. But like, uh, yeah, would you change anything? And what would you change in the industry to make at least life better for people? You mentioned timelines, that's a big one, actually. I know that one. <laughs> anything so I think I would not change my career. Even if I was to do it over and over again, I, I wouldn't. I enjoy a lot the construction industry. I think I'm mesmerized every time I'm given a shell and then I turn it to this amazing thing that all people want to come in and see. So I think uh, I I wouldn't change that and I would encourage um, a lot of women to join the industry. It's it's, it's not as hard as people say it is. With time, it gets easier, it gets fun. Uh, it gets very exciting dealing with uh, different people, managing different uh, people. Uh, it makes you feel very, yeah, you're valued because if someone someone tells you, um, you leave this project, you'll find it where it was because we might not know what to do when you're gone. And it's, it's a good thing when you know that your skills uh, your skill set is very valued by your fellow colleagues, your clients, and your workers. And also, uh, I would also tell them that, or I would also change the fact that we need to create more awareness 
or there are no enough channels of creating awareness about the construction industry among women, mm-hmm. telling them it's actually uh, it's something you can do. Uh, it's not hard. Um, it, it's, it's a career like any other. And I also, I would tell them that um, um, the future is building. So come into it. We build the nation together. So I think creating awareness, uh, creating safe spaces for women to be able to work in the construction industry. Uh, I would say, I think you say timelines. I would say everyone to get on board with the project so that you, you're able to to, uh, to do your work without so much pressure. Then I would also change the fact that there are not as many education institutions teaching construction courses. So there need to be more and more and more so more and more women can join into, into the industry. When, when we were in school, we were only four ladies in a class of, I think, 40. I think we were five, I can see the gap that, that was there. Uh, so I would urge more and more women to join. So we, we at least see more and more of us uh, doing the building and construction. And I, I'll tell them it's fun. Um, let's, mm-hmm. let's build together. Mm. <laughs> exactly, it's fun. I think we were also about nine or something like that out of 40 um, students for urban planning. Yeah. So even us, we need a... a, a, a a little, not a lot more women to, to join the industry. Before I go into my last question, I want to ask you a random question. So we usually have a random question in our show. And for this, for today, I want to ask you, I don't know if it's maybe related. I want to figure out if um, project managers have a certain character between being spontaneous, so spontaneity mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. stability. What would you choose? Spontaneous. Really? Why? I don't. I don't thrive in stability. <laughs> I don't think anybody should. Okay. Personally, I think um, being spontaneous is is exciting and it's mm-hmm. fun and it's it creates the thrill than than the stability part. So, I think for me, stability. stability I don't think it has, it's for me, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm with yeah. you too. I like to, to leave things like, uh, like just to give, let me say actually, let me give a caveat. Like being a mother right now, the stability, I've had to start being a bit stable mm-hmm. right now with a yes. small baby that is, because they have like schedules, they have all this. But mm-hmm. my personality is spontaneous. I like to just, do things out of random because it's fun, like you say, it's just fun. To yeah. I would have thought you'd choose stability because of your work, because you have to be very, you know, organized and things have to go a certain way. I, th- I, th- I think, yes, I would say, of course, there are those underlying things that have to be there. Mm. But imagine you're working in a, um, you're working in an interior project. Mm. You Sometimes the things you, you, arranged or you've come up with or you've put in paper, they are not bringing the excitement that you want that space to look. So you start doing things randomly. You start mm. maybe trying to shift this one from here to there to there to there and see whether it creates what you want it to create. So 
Of course, there is the, the part where you need to have the ground, I would yeah. say the, the foundation for that. But then yeah. there is also the excitement mm -hmm. where you want to see something different or something exciting. Mm -hmm. And also because uh, for interior fit out, I like it because today you'll encounter a, a client that wants everything over the moon, wants different nice things. Um, you want, and then you'll encounter another one who is very corporate. Uh, things have to be done this way, this way, this way, you know. Uh, spontaneity sometimes comes, especially when you're doing this interior, interior yeah. project. Comes yeah, from, that's, yeah. An, that's understandable. So as our parting shot, like, uh, would you say um, the space, the construction industry right now is um, conducive for women? I think we've touched on everything. So generally, as a parting shot, would you say that it's okay or we still have a long way to go? I think we still have a long way to go, especially when it comes to uh, women, as I said, you know, the awareness, the education, making even sure that some things are, are present in your workplace. You even go to a workplace, you find all the safety boots that are there are for men. There are no safety boots for women. And now they start ordering new things for women. It, we have a very long way to go, but I believe that there's, there, there is progress and that we will get there eventually. Uh, women will feel comfortable working in this sector. Mm -hmm. yeah. We are on the road to, to better. So I echo those thoughts and I really like the points you've mentioned, like um, as a woman on the site or in the industry, I think just as if you know what you're doing, um, you can speak with authority. I'm just giving you a little nugget from the show. I really like that. If you know what you're doing, you, you can earn your respect by um, basically your knowledge or your know-how. Like that's how yeah. you earn respect. And then I also think that if you create a rapport with the team, they will feel to see you as, you know, that, that person who's always like talking down to us or giving us things, yeah. be part. And of course, I'm sure that's tricky because let's say you're the only woman in, um, with men, but like you can find a way to create tips and, you know, talking to people. Yeah, and then also, yeah. yeah. And then also the boundaries. boundaries, yeah. Create yeah. boundaries uh, as you start your work. And then also in terms of sexual harassment, um, I think on site it's good to have those meetings that you have weekly meetings just for creating awareness. I don't know if all sites do this or if they have this in the um, guidebook, but it's good to uh, include sexual harassment just so that everyone understands what it means uh, at the mm. get go. Yeah. So I think these are the, uh, my key learnings from this, you know, show and people, women, it's okay. The industry is really um, good and we're on the road to, you know, making it better for us. I think employers have also started changing how they deal with, I've not had that comment I had about women anymore so this is good like people are now starting to change the system for us so thank you so much Catherine for joining us and giving us your experience uh, as a woman in construction in the construction industry mm -hmm. yeah so thank you so um so much for coming to this show and people let me say thank you for joining us again for our show uh thank you for listening and um being part of our um, Cosmic Contract family. So remember to figure out what you want 
um, and then work diligently towards it consistently and patiently. Uh, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and remember to like and comment so we can know what you like and also share a uh, podcast with your people. Thank you so much, Catherine, and bye. Thank you so much for having me.